Hello and welcome back to Sailor. It is Friday and today we've not got a so what. We've got Georgina here again, back by popular demand. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hello. So on Wednesday we talked about the community of Chicken Carter. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what Chicken Carter is, go back and listen to that episode because we'll <laughs> tell you. But today we're going to be talking to Georgina about how she felt God was working in her life while she was there and mm-hmm. through her and all things like that. Like that, great. So welcome, Georgina. Thank you for having me again. I will stop and breathe in your presence. Just breathe. Just breathe. So, Georgina, you are a teacher and... Whilst you were in Chicken Carter in Zambia, you did a lot of work in the schools. Mm-hmm. And That's right. I think it would be good to hear how you felt God working in you mm-hmm. uh, whilst you were there, both yeah. in the schools and also just in your life in general. Hmm. So in terms of in the schools, I was in the secondary school and the primary school, which I mentioned a little bit before. And within the secondary school, I initially found it quite difficult to be honest because the school went back slightly later than I'd anticipated and it was quite relaxed compared to schooling here so my timetable was much less than what I'm used to I'm used to being very busy with my work day and it was quite calm and to begin with I I didn't feel a lot of purpose within that which I found hard um but I prayed a lot about that and was very patient And in the end, God really worked through that because he gave me time to talk to people about how the school was actually operating rather than just being busy all day, teaching, teaching. I was very conscious that I didn't want to go and just do somebody else's job because that doesn't really achieve a lot if they've got enough people to do the job already, which luckily in the secondary school they do. So it was nice that I could teach a couple of classes and get a sense of what it was like. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the time, just spend time with people reflecting on their current practice, things that I could learn from them and bring back here and things that they wanted to develop that I could just share with them how we do it in the UK and then how they might be able to implement some of that. So some of those things were around how they monitor the attendance in the school because they struggle with that because they don't have computers in the classroom so they don't do registers like we would do here PSHE we teach that in the UK um that pastoral curriculum which is so important they don't really teach that in Zambia so I was really privileged to spend time with them putting together a scheme of work for a PSHE curriculum that would be relevant to Zambia Mm -hmm. And they're hoping to start implementing that from January, which is really exciting. exciting. Yeah, because that's... You get to leave something behind. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm quite passionate about that because... And they are as well. So they were talking about, we want a more holistic education for our young people, but we're just not quite sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. So then when I showed them, well, this is what we do in the UK... And then they said, okay, well, we don't have time to do all of that, but we sort of picked out the key topics that they thought would be relevant so things like relationship education healthy living exercise um safety first aid all those kind of things key topics that we'd want our young people to know they have really started to look into and i'm going to continue to work with them going forwards on that which again is quite exciting 
Very exciting. So that was in the secondary school. And then in the primary school, they are much more understaffed. So it was nice to be able to offer a bit of relief for their staff in terms of the actual teaching and give them a bit of breathing time. And then also within the primary school, I think I mentioned before, there's a struggle in terms of how that place is funded. It's not technically part of the mission, but all of the mission workers, primary school age children go there. So Mm -hmm. it's very much within the compound and they're struggling with their finances they're struggling with how the school is run so it was great to be able to sit and strategize with them as to what the future of the school could look like and different options but again leave that in their hands because it's their place and they're capable and they they can decide what they would want it to look like but I think it was just nice for them to maybe have somebody ask them questions. I know I find that when I'm doing something, sometimes just having somebody from somewhere else ask you a question gets you to reflect on it yourself. Yeah, make you think about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so sometimes I didn't feel like I was doing a lot, but it was a real privilege sort of on the last day before, as we were getting ready to leave. People just said such lovely things about how our presence, just our conversations had potentially made more of a difference than what, we had anticipated that mm. it might. So, yeah, that was a real privilege for me. What about in your life? What changed in you? What was God trying to teach you through your experiences whilst you were there? Um, Quite a lot of things, actually. I feel like in many ways I am a bit of a different person from being there. So I'm quite a scaredy cat, actually, of the dark, <laughs> of public speaking, of being out on my own sometimes and I feel like going to Zambia sort of threw a lot of those things at me head on and yeah yeah (laughs) it was dark all the time and then the light broke and there was lots of people around who I didn't know and it was quite stressful for me because as the only white people in the village they all knew where we lived now in this community I'd find it a bit stressful everybody just knowing where you live Mm. but there they all knew where I live and I just had to deal with that and people were nothing but nice to us and that sort of challenged some of my insecurities about what I think of the world so that was really good I'm definitely less scared of the dark when we first got there I was reluctant to go outside and look at the stars because I don't like the dark by the time we left I was like standing outside on my own looking at the stars so that's good I also don't like public speaking our ministers have asked me before to share and I regularly say no um, <laughs> but there I kind of didn't get an option they would just say there was this one morning actually where we went to the nursing college and they asked us to go along for morning devotions I went along thinking that we would just be watching mm-hmm. and they get there they do the opening song and this major she stands up this older officer and she says right the these two doctors she thought I was a doctor I'm not a doctor but (laughs) these two doctors have come to preach to us this morning so at 6 45 Josh and I looked at each other and we were like oh my goodness anyway I'd prepared something for a prayer meeting later in the day but the prayer meeting was only going to be for 10 people at this point there's like 300 nursing students sat in front of me and Josh just nudged me and was like you're doing it so then just off the cuff I just had to sort of preach to these nursing students which was a really great experience for me because it gave me the confidence I could do that and then after that they asked us to preach on the Sunday morning and lead different things and 
I was nowhere near as nervous as what I have been at home. So that was great for me. Um, And then I also, I'm gluten-free as... I well know. Sam well knows (laughs) and frustrates most of my friends and family. But it was something that before we went to Africa, people would ask us questions. We didn't know a lot about where we were going. We really just felt like this is where we need to go. We kind of trusted God, or we trusted God a lot actually, as to this is where we're going, it will be okay. Yeah, because I imagine being gluten-free, it's a lot more difficult to Mm. check ingredients of things, get the food that... Mm. won't make you ill yeah quite stressful because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere aren't you yeah literally in the middle of nowhere the nearest supermarket was an hour and a half away and I didn't know how we would be cooking our food where we'd get the food from so people kept saying to me what are you going to eat and I just said I don't know I don't know I don't know anyway we get there and there was plenty of food which is a blessing you know we were able to go to the supermarket every so often and buy a big shop we had a kitchen we could cook in And there was plenty of gluten-free options for my dinner and cereal for breakfast. Excellent. Which was great. But lunchtime was a challenge and I just didn't know what we were going to do. What am I going to eat? Everybody else is eating bread. There was also many situations where I would go to people's houses and they had made cake or donuts or wheat filled things which normally (laughs) I would avoid um and it just culturally it didn't feel quite right for me to say no when food is such a precious thing there yeah so one day actually we'd not been there very long I opened the fridge about two three days in I thought what am I going to have for lunch and I almost felt like the bread was talking to me crazy but it was almost like I could hear an audible voice you can eat me I shut the fridge and walked away I thought you are going crazy and then the next day Josh and I were sat having our lunch at the table and he was having a sandwich and soup and I was just having a cup of soup and it wasn't very filling to be honest I like to eat a lot Mm. and I started to cry as per usual, I said, what am I going to eat? I don't want to be hungry for three months. This is going to be really challenging for me if I can't eat stuff and I don't Mm. want to offend people as well. And Josh just said, what if I told you that I feel like you can eat this bread? You are going to be fine eating gluten whilst we are in Zambia. I feel like God's told me that. And then I said, well, that's strange because yesterday I felt like the bread was talking to me. (laughs) The bread told me that. (laughs) (laughs) The bread told me that. Or God told me that through the bread is more the situation. So then I was quite nervous because I've not eaten normal bread properly in a long time. I ate my first piece of bread and I was okay. And then the next day I ate a piece and a half and I just built it up and... 10 weeks in Zambia, I was not poorly once, which is a bit crazy. That's a miracle in itself, itself. because I don't think 10 weeks of my life has ever gone by without me being poorly. I've been on holiday to nice places and been poorly multiple times. So I think, again, that just shows like God's work, Mm -hmm. how good he is, how we're so grateful to him that he gave us this opportunity to go and to see and to learn and to experience something different. And I'm just so blessed that he blessed us in return by the people we met, by the experiences we had, by keeping us safe, by keeping us healthy. Yeah, so I think that's just a real blessing for us. It's like he 
gave you what you needed to fulfill the task mm. and he recognized your trust in him mm. and rewarded so. you in return. Yeah. Josh just kept saying, God will provide. Before we went, it was like, God will provide somewhere for us to go. God will provide the money. He will provide the skills. He will provide everything. And while we were there each day, although there were many challenges at times, and there were days, to be honest, where we were crying. There were days when we were stressed. There were days when we were really happy. But every day it was like, God will provide what we need for this day. And he really did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your stories and your miracles um, <laughs> from the trip mm -hmm. uh, and how God was at work during the trip. Mm. And so let's we'll listen to a song. Mm -hmm. What song are we going to listen to, Georgina? So we're going to listen to Authority by Elevation Worship because I really like that song, particularly the second verse when it says, My fight is not my own. Its end is in your hands. I worship you because I know all things must bow to your command. And the song goes on to talk about one word from God can change a place. And I think that really sort of summarizes my journey through our trip that I didn't know what my purpose would be in that place. And even what I thought sometimes needed to happen there I realized that it's God's authority and it's his will that is important, not my own. And even as we've come home, the things that I'm continuing to pray for for Chicken Carter, I'm aware that I don't see the whole picture, but God does. And my fight is not my own. Its end is in God's hand. He, he will guide that place going forward. And I can trust that he, he's got it all in his hands and he can make a change to a place in his authority, not in our own. Creation knows the voice That spoke into the void The breath that brought the dust to life And sang the stars Darkness feels your 